Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production, where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. Hi, this is Steve Silver with Silver Screen Videos, and you're listening to Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. are listening to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We get to read fiction on the show and talk about some movies, books, you name it. If you like what I do here, please consider supporting the show at patreon.com forward slash Aaron Frail. You'll get some books and other cool stuff for your support. Go ahead and also reach out to me at Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com, Aaron Horror Show on Twitter, or Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We have a very special guest for you today on our show, and it's Philip Carter. Philip Carter is a science fiction author and comedian. His stories range from serious musings about the nature of alien life and reality all the way to satirical slam poetry about sucking your ex-wife's door handles. Sometimes his stories combine all these things, and those are those ones are his favorite. Hey, Philip, thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. It's a great show to be on. Uh, I'm, I, like that introdu- <laughs> I like that introduction as well. I don't know who wrote it, but they must be really smart. <laughs> I, I, I'm assuming they are. <laughs> Yeah. Is, by the way, I have all my guests write their own introductions. So, uh, <laughs> in uh, case anyone's wondering where, <laughs> kind of destroyed my own case there. I've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> I only wrote it ten minutes ago as well. Yeah, <laughs> which is why it's good for ten minutes ago, right? <laughs> yeah, good, it's a good thing. I wonder having to write a new bio every time because whenever I'm interviewed, I'm like just I'm doing a new thing, like I'm dressed up as somebody else, kind of. <laughs> You should totally just do a new bio every time you interview. <laughs> Except you yeah. should have like like plot out a mystery novel that if people are paying attention to the bio, they find some new piece of information that totally changes everything they knew about Philip Carter. That's a really good idea, actually. <laughs> my favorite bio that I've sent to someone. I mean, this one's my second favorite. The only the only reason I've got a favorite one is because um, there was like a comedy event and I just submitted my bio and it was allegedly Philip Carter is a total bastard. <laughs> and that was it. And I've just realized that before we were recording, I didn't ask whether I could swear on this. So I'm sorry if we have to start again. We, no, we can, we can swear on this. Okay. This is... We'll have, uh... one. we'll have one swear, right? <laughs> I've got it out of my system now. <laughs> yeah, and they just they said we can't run with that because Instagram won't let us advertise it. And I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. Oh, interesting. I was like, yeah. I'll let the audience decide then. 
And yeah. I just uh, in the end, I settled with Philip Carter as a person because <laughs> <laughs> everybody else was like, Jamie is a poet from the south of France, and he uses postmodernist feminist theory to construct his collages about the environment and how penguins are all secretly evil. And I remember like reading these massive bios of all these people that were performing and thinking, God, reading the bio has taken longer than they're allowed to actually be on stage to perform. Because we only got like five minute slots and like there was one bio that was so big. I thought you could have just read that out as your bit. <laughs> I just thought, right, I'll just I'll let them I wanted to, the material to speak for itself. In, in, in that case. Right. Whereas, right. Yeah, it's an right. interesting thing. Well, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, the bio is a piece of material, right? And if you are writing comedy and science fiction, as you do, uh, if the bio is not funny, how is anyone going to be inspired to, to uh, you know, think of, uh, uh, you know, think of what, what, what else you're going to be writing, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. It's, it's such a, a weird thing, because, like, I know we were talking about advertising, both of us as sci-fi comedy authors. Oh, how many podcasts ago now was it? One and a half. Um, we, were talking, <laughs> we were talking about advertising and how it's really, it's really difficult because you don't realize that people are actually, they, they buy your books because they like you as a person. I was lucky. I got somebody to actually directly tell me that. You told me it. And also somebody messaged me on Instagram about a year ago saying, I've just bought your book because your meme was funny. And I, I just, I'd made like, some stupid joke about Jordan Peterson being abducted by aliens and somebody found it so funny they bought my book and I just thought that's my audience, there might only be seven of them on the planet but I love them <laughs> I know but, you know I'm not you guys, you, <laughs> you guys are the best you seven, we're, we're, yeah. we're good <laughs> it's so true though it's so true, it's funny like, like you can't necessarily go to an audience uh with a side it's like you were saying earlier uh for those of you not in the i like to deconstruct podcast as you know while we're we're talking but uh (laughs) for those of you not in the podcasting world we kind of chat before and after podcasts uh happen (laughs) so there's a lot of a lot of dialogue that happens off off mic i would say but as as uh uh you were saying earlier philip uh you you were talking about if you put your sci-fi story in a bundle with romance novel <laughs> writers, you're going to get negative reviews uh, yeah. because people are going to be like, why is that sci-fi story in my romance novel? So, or yeah, this yeah. sci-fi story didn't have enough romance, <laughs> you know? Exactly. It's a difficult thing. I remember ha- having to have a conversation manually with people that worked at Amazon. So I might be one of the few people that's actually contacted the humans they keep inside Amazon. Because when there's I was, humans at Amazon, <laughs> allegedly, well, they're really they're really nice. Actually, the team behind like KDP who do all the books and stuff, they're great people. But um, they contacted me to say basically, you've picked a load of really weird keywords. Are you sure you've picked the right ones? And I was like, look, I can assure you, you read the book. It does contain dark poetry about death, comedy about space, and poetry about aliens. And and, <laughs> and they were like, okay, we're not going to argue with you. And and it does, <laughs> and, and, and they're like, it might be difficult to market. And I'm like, look, believe me, if I if I was going to write something that I thought was going to be good to market, it would have taken me a lot less time. I'd have a lot more money. But no, I wanted to write what I was enjoying and what I knew that 
my fans and friends would enjoy as well. Just stuff that's a bit zany. By far the best compliment I ever got is that somebody said I was like Douglas Adams, but potentially evil. <laughs> I didn't that is really, a good compliment. Yeah, I don't really understand it, but I can work with it. <laughs> right. Right. What does evil Douglas Adams do? I mean, Douglas Adams already destroyed the planet Earth, so... Yeah, I mean that's the actual Douglas Adams. I mean, it, it, so. could, it could it could be argued from an alien perspective that reconstructing Earth might be an act of evil. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he stops us being a threat to the larger galactic community. <laughs> so, uh, you 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 had mentioned that you had this ES. So you know, since we're on a, a paranormal network, I think you had you had an ESP story that you were going to mention. And I, I want to hear it. Yeah, I was just, interestingly enough, going to segue into it just then as well, so I must be clairvoyant. Um, wow. Yeah, so, as a sci-fi writer, some of my weirdest plot lines are actually inspired by stuff I've experienced in my life, and it's not something that I was used to be open about, because it kind of puts you on a bad footing as a comedian and science fiction author if you go, oh, by the way, I might also have magic powers. Um, you know that's like I don't mind ridicule I don't really care about that what I was worried about is I don't want people to accidentally build a cult around me um I mean L. Ron Hubbard did so you know I know but I know but when yeah but that's he's he was a failed science fiction writer you see so that I want to be a successful one I mean he sold wow. books after after the cult but he used the cult for advertising and I want to get if I get a cult I want to earn it I don't want to make it up Anyway, anyway, <laughs> anyway, there's there's some positive affirmations. Stand in front of the mirror and go, I deserve a cult of lunatics. To I'm good enough handsome. to be a cult leader. <laughs> I am desirable. All my human sacrifices are humane and safe. <laughs> Every everybody likes being sacrificed by me. They smile during their last moments. <laughs> Stand there. It's anyway, it's all voluntary. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, psychic powers. I'll start off by saying I don't really believe they exist in the way a lot of people think they exist. Um, right. I, obviously, I'm an atheist. I'm a skeptic. I'm skeptical skeptical of so many things that I've bothered a lot of my political friends on either side of the spectrum. Because if somebody says something's true, I'll tend to want to ask a question about it. I just find that's how how you explore the world. The weirdest thing for me is, um, well, that's back when I was like sixteen years old. My dad lost a camera battery on a beach, and he couldn't find it. And he got our whole family walking in a line combing the beach the next day. None of us were with him when he lost it, but we were all there the day after. And he was desperate to find it because the camera was about 15 years old, so you couldn't get a replacement battery. It's one of those ones that was like, the battery was the size of a brick. Yeah, so It's like a yeah. VHS camcorder. I don't know why you always had VHS camcorders, to be honest, because they definitely didn't need one that big. But anyway, he was really worried about it. He was, you know, we were walking around, and um, I started having a sort of fizzy feeling in my brain. And I, I knew from being a kid that me and my brother, my brother's autistic, and he didn't like certain lights in schools, like the fluorescent tube lights. Yeah. And they actually, to this day, they make my skin itch. So that's not a psychic power. That's just some people are more sensitive to like electromagnetic stuff than others. And it's it's been proven 
Right. And it doesn't mean that you've got magic powers. So what happened to me is as we were walking down this beach, I started seeing waves of like green light come towards me. And I thought, like, I must be like, I was suffering from migraines at the time. And sometimes I'd have like visual hallucinations because they got that bad. So I thought it must just be a migraine because I'm stressed out. Or he's like, my dad was yelling at everyone to look at, look for this battery. And I'm just trying to chill out on holiday. Right, um, right. Couldn't give two shits about the camera battery. But um, we were all like walking in a line, and I thought it's under that rock over there. And the rock was quite a big rock, but from I was so far away from it, it was like right at the edge of my vision. And I just, that's where all the lights were coming from, all these green lights. And I just ran off, and my dad was like, Come back, we've got to look for this battery. And we're all, they're all walking in a line. And I went, No, I'm not going. And he started yelling at me, and I just ran off into the distance, reached under the rock when I got to it. Pulled the yeah. battery up. Pulled it wow. Up. So wow. Up, walked back 50, 70 meters, however long I'd run. Got back to him and he said, and he's swearing at me like, how did you do that? You must have been following me last night when I was on the beach. You planted it there. All of this kind of mad conspiracy theorist that yeah. I was I was used to as a kid. Like if he did anything that he didn't understand, he'd, he'd just go straight into lunatic mode. Right. That, that experience made me kind of hide it. Um, But like only recently I've been putting two and two together. Now I've got synesthesia as well. I don't know if your audience might be aware of it, but it's basically a condition where your brain will switch one sense sensation into another. So if I hear something very loud, I'll get visual disturbances. If I look at something very bright, I'll get audio disturbances. It's So my synesthesia tends to be audio, visual, visual, audio. There's some people I know, they'll smell something and it will change how much colour they can see. And I, I get a very little bit of that, but not much. It has to be something that really, really stinks. Right, <laughs> like, right. Um, the, the most recent one, I was meant to go to a friend's gig and there was church bells yeah. near, near the gig. And I couldn't read Google Maps to see where I was going because everything was blurry because of the church bells. So it's just stuff like that. It's kind of like overstimulated thing, which I reckon probably leads to some people with synesthesia being misdiagnosed with autism because it mixes the senses up and you do get overstimulated. Right, um, so it'd be hard to tell people, like, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not seeing this because of this, right? Yeah, it's really hard to communicate because, like, up until I was about 22, and I'm 30 now, but up until I was 22, I thought it was perfectly normal for fire alarms to also have a visual element to them. So when the fire alarm was going off, you'd see black and white flashes of light. Um, I thought that was normal. Turns out it's not. I found that out at uni. Um, right. I had to, I basically had to have a friend like help me find the door because the fire alarm was that loud. I couldn't see properly. Um, and that was, that was like a a weird combination of um like migraines that I had and also the synesthesia. It, it was a weird thing, but anyway, my my prevailing theory for the the battery thing, which if I explained it to a psychic, they might be like, oh my god. You're, my yeah, prevailing, yeah. My prevailing theory for that is basically I can electromagnetic stuff as everybody else can, but because I've got synesthesia, that electromagnetic sense that every other human being ignores, quite rightly, because we live in a world full of EM radiation now, so we've right. learned to just not listen to it. But my brain translates the EM signal into visual so i could pick up where that battery was now for me what's interesting about that is i can't do it now but i'm in front of a computer there's a microphone there's a phone over there there's microwaves downstairs there's an air fryer there's l electric lights on but when i was on the beach we were at least a mile away from any t any electrical components 
So I I think that EM sense is very weak, very very weak, and that is going to be something that's going to be really hard to replicate in a lab unless you have your lab in the middle of nowhere. And how are you going to record it without recording equipment? <laughs> because that right. will bother the that will bother it. So I think that's that's why a lot of the you know ESP stuff goes under the radar and you know not to make a bad joke about radar but you, you can't really find it because the the very instruments you use to record that thing are actually what disrupts it yeah that is that is actually very interesting because you know on the sort of topic of paranormal and ghosts like a lot of people will say a ghost is like an electro you know and 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 i'm you know i i i will say personally I've had some weird stuff happen that I can't explain. I wouldn't necessarily jump to ghost right away, <laughs> you know, yeah, but, so. but, uh, uh, people do say that ghosts are like electromagnetic energy. And so, you know, on that theory, why couldn't you record it in a lab? Well, maybe the very instrument you use to record it is what disrupts it or, you know, makes it too, <laughs> too much noise. And even in the, you know, talking about your thing specifically, like even in a remote beach now, you're going to have a cell phone tower nearby, <laughs> you know, yeah, like there's very few places without cell phone uh, coverage. I mean, I live in Montana and you'd be surprised at the places that have cell phone coverage out here. I mean, there are places here in Montana that, that don't have it. I've been there, but uh, it takes a while to get there. <laughs> it's an interesting thing. I mean, I, I, I think, that it's it's a sort of perfect storm of we use a lot of electromagnetism in the technology we now live with that's part of our day-to-day environment and also we've we might not have needed to use that sense for a long time potentially and this this is me going into vague anthropology terms now there's no basis for what i'm about to say and i know that and i'm okay with it um we've we've domesticated cats and dogs and cats and dogs tend to run away before an earthquake happens, before our seismometers even register that an earthquake's about to happen. So I think they can pick up on like the electromagnetism of the Earth, or they can pick up on some vibration or something. Right. And per- perhaps our reliance on domesticated animals for those kinds of signals in the past has basically meant that we, we don't need that sense. And maybe that sense was useful at some point, but it's not anymore, like, like the appendix. We right. Don't need, we don't need it anymore. At some point, we definitely did need it, and now we don't. And it kind of, it's kind of troublesome because if you think about it, like, I I don't like sitting under fluorescent lamps. They make my skin itch, um, and it's it's a very weird thing to explain to people because you want to avoid certain environments. I don't find it too troublesome, but I know like certain people with autism. Um, they really struggle in certain like lighting conditions or with certain noises and stuff like that. And I think it's it's interesting because at some point that was probably fine. I mean, I I've got AirPods at the moment. I think they're um, they're called Karma AirPods. I'm not sponsored by them, but basically the the premise behind them is it's just a piece of plastic you put in your ear and it changes the way the the direction the sound goes in. Because oh, interesting. the shape of the shape of our ear canals is attuned to pick up high pitched noises. Yeah. Which would have been fine in the Neolithic period when there wasn't that many high pitched noises. If you heard one, you'd think, oh crap, I've got to do something about that. 
And right. Allegedly, it's a throwback to like way back in time when us as primates would be getting picked off by big birds. So you hear something screeching, you go into panic mode. Right. And, and you're going to hide. Yeah. That old programming hasn't gone away. But we now live in a world where every now and again, there is actually a really loud, really high pitched noise that comes from a machine or something. And right. somebody like me who's sound sensitive finds that a bit overwhelming. I mean, before I recorded my podcast with you this morning, there was a dog barking across the road and I couldn't concentrate on anything because of that. And I thought, I'm, I don't want to have to delay a podcast because of this dog barking. The microphone won't pick it up, but I sure as hell will. So um, I just think, yeah, with a lot of ESP and stuff, I think quite a bit of it, for me, I mean, this might be controversial. I think a lot of it, people are working out problems in their head subconsciously. And they don't, it's like, you know, when you work out the answer to a math question, you don't quite know how you got there, but you know, you've got there, you've got the right answer. I've had that a few times in my life where I've just known something about someone and somebody's gone, well, how have you managed that? Are you a psychic? And it's more like, I just, I think, no, I think maybe people just process stuff subconsciously. I know like Einstein would wake up after a, after a nap with a whole equation in his head that wasn't there the night before. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot to be said for subconscious processing, and I think that might be where a lot of intuition comes from. Yeah, no, it's interesting because I, you know, uh, recently had a, a you know, uh, I recently went on an interview uh, for a, a day job. You know, I have a day job, uh, yeah. and uh, I, you know, there was one that was a little closer to home because uh, the one that I work at now is like, you know, uh, a 30 minute drive from where I live, uh, which in Montana is kind of funny because most of the cities here are so small that literally everything's five minutes away. So while a 30 minute drive was normal when I lived in, uh, you know, a bigger city in Montana, it is actually kind of a commute. But uh, so anyways, I, I got this job really close to where or, or not while I was offered it something that was closer to home but it sounded really not fun <laughs> to be honest like it sounded like very like it's gonna be uh, a whole lot of not fun and I was like hmm what I do now for my day job I actually like it's teaching so you know <laughs> teaching is actually kind of fun and somebody told me to flip a coin and and then and said the the result is what you're gonna do and I flipped it and the result was take that new job. And I was like, man, I don't really like that result. And they're like, well, that's your subconscious. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I had already worked it out <laughs> that yeah, I didn't I want it. I didn't want it. It's right. <laughs> right. Yeah. That is such right. a good trick as well. It is. Yeah. Because it shows you what you really want. Right. Rather, right. Rather than your conscious processing for a lot of humans, it's we'll think about stuff in the future and get anxious about it you know what could this path lead to what could that path lead to but that that coin flip thing it completely short circuits that and tricks your brain into thinking you're actually you don't have a choice anymore it does yeah you you know you're on that path you get to have a genuine reaction to it right and if you reacted a negative way to the path that was chosen for you by the coin you suddenly realize oh that is the right the other path was the right path all along (laughs) yeah yeah, I've done that yeah. when deciding like what gigs to go to, to the to the, sometimes like how to react to something that's happened in my personal life. Um, it's quite useful. Yeah, 
yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, and, and it's funny, uh, you know, we, we suddenly have moved from like, uh, ESP to sci-fi to now self-help. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So I think we yeah. <laughs> we've we've ran the spectrum of topics on this. <laughs> we really have. We'll, we'll do this... self self unhelp next time. Self self unhelp. Yes. All the awful things you can do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I we yeah. should write a self unhelp book. <laughs> I think there's I too actually, many self help. <laughs> yeah, I got sent one the other day. No joke. A self unhelp. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into it on the podcast. It's not very interesting, but I had a really oh, okay. bad, bad year in 2019. But um, I I started. I've I'm having a three months off at the moment. I've been uh, sort of not diagnosed with PTSD, but told I might have it and to take three months off work. To which I replied to my doctor, three months off what? I write for a hobby." Um, <laughs> he was he was like, "Take three months off writing." I was like, "What am I going to do otherwise?" He went, "I don't know." Just. I didn't relax. I went, oh, I'll do. I'll go do some stand-up. He went, that doesn't sound very relaxing. I went, that's because you don't do it. You're a doctor. I would find being a doctor <laughs> scary. Stand-up is fun. I'm going to go do what I enjoy. <laughs> so I was like, go out and host some events, which I really enjoy doing now. It's great because you get to basically do improv for like three solid hours and entertain a crowd and help people out who are very nervous because I got to about half the guests the last time I was hosting stuff, half the performers were completely new to performing so i had to like wow. look after them which was it's a real honor to be able to do stuff like that but anyway yeah. been told take three months off you might have ptsd i thought yeah that's fine great i can do that no that's not the end of it oh no no i have to talk to someone about my feelings so i did that and then they sent me a pdf the pdf had a list of helpful things to do to make my life better one of them was smoke a cigarette <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. And that's not even the worst one. One of the worst ones was have you considered joining MySpace and finding a helpful community? And I was like, whoever wrote this is dead by now. Right? <laughs> like, nobody has used MySpace properly since 2008 I didn't even realize it still existed. <laughs> so... I think it's I think they lost their entire database in 2016. Anything pre 2016 just died, um, and since then they've they've built a hefty new database of free guys, <laughs> just free guys and an album that they inexplicably brought out on cassette in 2018. <laughs> it's it's such it was such a weird experience. Like I've. It's basically it's meant to be this anti-suicide PDF, and at no point in the phone call did I tell them I was I was not doing very well. I just needed a break from work to work out which direction I was going career-wise. Right, since I've, right. since I've had that break, like I've I'm hiring a marketer, I've got more books out, my Substack followers have increased, I've got new friends, my hair's grown out, I've got a new beard, I can speak to birds, uh, not not in the Liverpool <laughs> sense, in, in the actual creature birds, not women. <laughs> <laughs> communicate telepathically with toothpaste i've developed loads of different skills um but yeah they still they still felt a need to send me this pdf and it was like if you've thought about killing yourself have you tried not thinking about killing yourself <laughs> i was like but i'm not i'm not thinking about it and you're making me think about it i, I know now you're now you're putting that <laughs> <laughs> it's just absolutely surreal 
but yeah, if uh, if people do check out my Substack, realphilipcarter.substack.com, uh, uh, real I'm going to do an incredibly long stand-up piece about how depressing that PDF is. Um, and it's it's going to be dark just because the material as a PDF is terrible. It has clip art in it. It like like, like from the nineties, like like yeah, Microsoft it, Word paperclip guy. Yeah, or no joke. Equivalent. It had a bit just, yeah, it had a, a bit that was like, "Are you having dark thoughts?" And then a clip art of a wizard, and it went, "Wish your dark thoughts away." And I was like, "Oh wow, problem <laughs> solved, guys." I don't know, Done. I don't know what clinical psychologist has been paid two pounds fifty <laughs> to write this PDF. But I hope his wife left. <laughs> it's just, it's just absolutely awful. So. So, yeah. Well, at least he can fix that problem with the cigarette. <laughs> yeah, at least he can pick up smoking. I I found that really, really worrying. To be honest, like I've known people that have had genuine mental health problems, not just the artists' problems that I've had. Where I'm like, why is nobody buying my book? Turns out, by the way, Aaron, if you uh, if you actually tell people the book exists. Then it's easier for them to buy it. Um, oh, so, yeah, pro marketing that thing. that <laughs> that that works. Yeah, I had a really bad habit of just putting a book out and not mentioning it to anyone. My friend messaged me the other month and she went, "Since when have you got a sciency poetry book out?" And I went, "Oh, since last year." And she went, "Why didn't you mention it?" I went, "Because oh, why would I?" <laughs> like, so people. Because the PDF didn't tell me to mention it. (laughs) Yeah, all the PDF told me to do was just take a walk and start smoking Cuban cigars. (laughs) Doing blow off a hooker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thinking of suicide. I think you've mixed mixed it up with my self-help PDF. (laughs) Top 10 things you can consume off hookers. (laughs) (laughs) Jordan Peterson's eleven rules for things to sniff off the top of a hookah. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 there we go. That, having you've dark thoughts. You, gonna, think about what you can sniff off of. <laughs> you've got to tie your room and get some cocaine and a hooker. It's, it's the only way. It's the only way to make yourself feel better. <laughs> These self-help types are a liberal lie. Get yourself a hooker. It's the only way. <laughs> I don't know why, it's but that's the Bible. The bo- <laughs> Christ has said, let there be hookers. <laughs> I just picture that voice like in, in like like the uh, subliminal messaging of the self-help tape. Like it's like seagulls and and like ocean waves. <laughs> and there's that little voice occasionally going. Get yourself a hooker. (laughs) (laughs) Most problems in life can be solved with a shovel and some enthusiasm. (laughs) Just in the middle of it. Picture yourself on a romantic beach. It's nice and quiet because you've killed everyone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's actually giving me an idea for my next book so I'm like, as soon as this podcast ends which if I can read Zoom right is in about two minutes <laughs> yeah I think we got about doing... two minutes left <laughs> just, yeah. just when it's getting interesting everyone's gonna be like well why do you wait you yeah. wait, killed everyone <laughs> now I gotta so, read the rest of this story <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm probably definitely gonna write something based off this podcast so I like the idea of the relaxation podcast that just every now and again 
tells you something horrendous. <laughs> tells you uh, something really dark. <laughs> like yeah. like it could be used at a I don't know. I I there was a massage therapist that my company hired and every time you'd go in it was literally that soundtrack that was playing. So <laughs> I just imagine like a like a massage therapist whispering dark <laughs> things into people's ears while they're, you know. <laughs> you just get you just get dressed at the end of it and you like you walk out of the massage parlor and you're like Hang on, why is, why have they they've duct taped a gun to my back? <laughs> and, and they just like pat you on the shoulder and it goes, You'll know what to do when you hear the signal. <laughs> like why am I covered in blood? <laughs> I don't I don't feel relaxed anymore. <laughs> What's this knife doing? <laughs> All right, we got we got a minute left, so uh People got to know how to how to find find your stuff, and uh, you nice you did and... mention the Substack, real Philip Carter at Substack. Yeah, it's or... nice and easy. I mean, it's free to subscribe to that with an email address. You can make a fake one. You can even make one with Substack, so it doesn't go in your main inbox. But if yeah. you don't feel like signing up to stuff, you just Google real Philip Carter, and that's two L's in Philip. And I'm on Instagram, TikTok. I do streaming on Twitch as well, so I'll play Minecraft and tell jokes at the same time. Uh, people say that's really relaxing, which I find hilarious because a lot of the humor in it's quite dark. Um, and it's just I don't find it relaxing because I'm screaming and running away from zombies in the game, and somebody will type up, "Oh, this is very relaxing," and I'm like, "Are you guys seeing fantastic?" <laughs> but no, somebody genuinely <laughs> listens to it in the early evening, like after he's been to work. And he's, That's the person that wakes listen. up on the beach after they've killed everyone. Yeah, he's very just calm. listening to just listening to me suffering, and he's like, "Finally, I can sleep." <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I've said enough. <laughs> Rest so yeah, now. Just, uh, re- real Philip Carter, pretty much everywhere. Substack okay. is where you can get free short stories and every now and again a free novel, which is a lot of fun. Free novels, you can't beat that. Yeah. No. Cash. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show today.